Welcome to Coalesce, the podcast for the modern day woman. I'm Joy. I'm Natalie. And today, we will be talking about moving on. Moving on and the feelings that come with it is no stranger to many of us. All of us at one point of our lives have had to move on or are moving on from something, someplace... Or someone. Oh. <laughs> when we're thinking about things you have moved on from in life, three major things came up. Hmm. And the first one we thought about was moving on from physical spaces. So Ned, what is your own experience moving on from a physical space, be it like a house or like something, you know? Yeah, so for many of you who have heard our past few podcast episodes, uh, I would have mentioned that I had just moved on to a place. I just moved uh, moved out of family home to my own little apartment. That um, we're in now. That we're in now, <laughs> yeah. Just a couple of months ago, I want to say like six months ago. Mm. Uh, it was definitely a big step for me. Because I think I didn't expect to be, you know, moving out so early on my own. Um, I just kind of thought that I'll be moving on only when I get married at the end of the year. And so, yeah, it was just a very big step in terms of like my emotions and like having to add out mm. all of a sudden. Was it very difficult for you to like take this step? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, just because it's so unexpected, right? So mm. I think in a certain extent, it was exciting. But like at the same time, I wasn't necessarily 100% ready to be so independent all at mm. once. I mean, it's very different from, you know, I was in the UK for three years. It was very different from living with um, your housemates and sharing your house and like still having people around you. I think mm. now that this is my own apartment, it is... How to explain it? It's just very different. In a good way? Uh, both in a good way. I think it's nice to sort of like be able to build a house mm. and to know that everything around you, everything that you see here is, is bought from my money. It's bought from my own in my own dreams, my own how I want to, you know, style it and decorate it. Um, but at the same time, I think coming home to an empty house, it's mm. difficult sometimes. Uh, I was just sharing with my mum and my sis um, just last week how like, you know, it's still something, even after all these months, it's still something that I'm still getting used to mm. coming home to a completely dark and empty home I used to have two dogs at home so like Aww. you know it's a bit noisy uh, so now that I'm alone I think it's still something I'm trying to get used to um, mm. and then they mentioned something like how they remembered when I was younger like even in secondary school mm. I used to have to call them and text them to make sure that someone's home before I come home if not oh. I won't come home why? so I totally you forgot like, like scared because no one's home? I don't think it's like scared I just feel that because I'm an extrovert I feel like I always need people around and I rely quite heavily on people and company. So I totally forgot about this entire, you know, oh. thing. So I guess some things don't change. Right. Okay, I just want to say though, you're not really alone. <laughs> Every time you come in, you know what you say? Hey Google, I'm home. <laughs> that is so true. So Google has become a friend. <laughs> yeah, no, the first time she said, hey, Welcome home. Oh my, can you actually hear that? Her Google just... <laughs> That's so unexpected. Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay, yes. okay. Hold on. I think it's playing music. <laughs> Let's don't break here. Enjoy. Hey, Google. Stop playing. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, where were we? Yeah, we have Google as my nearest friend. <laughs> it's my dog. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like with anything new and with anything exciting, there's a, there's a bit of a scary... 
unknown uncertain feeling that comes together with anything exciting I think so I think in this case having the house um, moving on from my family home to this new place it is definitely something that I'm getting used to Mm-hmm. And it's something that I'm actually quite enjoying like over these months. And I feel like I am more used to being alone. I'm more used to being independent. If not for moving out, I feel like I would not have been able to have this year of being alone and uh, exploring mm-hmm. what I want to do, having routines, building up routines and being more independent. So I guess that works out. Okay, what do you think would be different if you stayed in, in your family home mm-hmm. and you didn't move out? So I mean, practically speaking, if I were to stay in my family's home, that would mean that I would only move out when I got married mm. at the end of the year. And that is to move out with someone else. Right. So that like, I won't have this period of time where I am alone, alone, mm. to be able to, f- I want to say find myself, but to be able to spend time by myself. Mm. And I think um, over the last few months, I've realized how important that is. I've realized how valuable that is. Um, to just have quiet, just a peace. Mm. And so for someone who is very extrovert like I am, I feel like this rest, being alone and learning how to deal with this rest is something that I needed. Yeah, if if we only move out when 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 you get married, you really don't have any point yeah. of time that you're staying on your own unless I mean, yeah. you move overseas yeah. or something. Yeah, and even overseas, like, it's also different because all the more you're trying to find... I mean, if you're going there for uni and like mm. studying, you're still with friends and you're still... Right, it's a very right. different experience i think yeah yeah so i think for whatever it is i am thankful and i am yeah i'm thankful for this i think one year of just being able to be on my own to handle bills to you know figure Mm. out all the nitty-gritty house stuff kill a spider (laughs) you know do the the drainage system (laughs) and it's oh my gosh yeah her house was like leaking once like literally like the ceiling was leaking (laughs) i had to like you know figure it out uh do landlord and all that before Someone else comes in right. together. Mm-mm. Yeah. So that's for me. How about you? So the only time I've ever moved houses was when my family actually decided to move out from my family's yes. first home. Yeah. yeah. So I moved out when I was 18. And mm. I'm a very sentimental person. So I attach a lot of emotions and like feelings to mm. places. And I'm also rather resistant to change. So any change is always like difficult for yeah. me. It's okay. So some context on like how sentimental I am, right? <laughs> As I was preparing for this podcast, I this like random memory came to my mind when I was seven I took a trip to Greece with my family oh, and so nice. my cousins yeah I was seven I couldn't remember yeah. anything any trip okay. sounds good now with COVID. <laughs> I know yeah okay so when I came when we came back basically I enjoyed the trip so much I really didn't want to leave my cousins and like the place and mm-hmm. everything so on the day we came back I, I remembered I just spent the whole day bawling at home because the trip was over Oh no. Yeah, and honestly, looking back, that was like, that's so silly because, like, yeah. honestly, what can I do that the trip, now that the trip is over, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, I spent the whole day bawling because I was sad that the trip was over. And I remember that my parents, right, they just like didn't know what to do with me. So they just the left seven, me in the, the small room. little seven year old girl. Yeah. <laughs> they just left me in the room to cry on my own for the whole day. Oh dear. Do you keep, like, are you the kind who like keep, you know, tickets and yeah, like yeah, passport yeah. Um, I stamps do. or whatever? Yeah, I do. I have like, so many random receipts and all that. But okay, yeah, back to moving out of my childhood yes. home, right? It must have been difficult then. Yeah, it was... your memories were... Yeah, because it's like the place where I had my earliest memories yeah. and everything, right? I remember the day I moved out, I took a walk around the place and I tried to force out my earliest memories <laughs> of myself. Yeah. Because it was the place where I learned how to ride a bike, mm. where where I played at the playgrounds with like my mom and my sis. And mm. when I grew a little bit older, I hosted like many Christmas parties there for my yeah. friends. In some sense, it wasn't just like a space I was living in, but the space contained a period of time that kind of mm. led up to 
my coming of age because I moved out when yeah. I was 18, you know. Like, it's only a formation year. Correct, correct. And like, yeah. And so to physically move away from that space represented growing up and leaving my childhood behind. Yeah. And I went to look back on a piece of reflection I wrote on the day I moved out. You even have reflection? I did. I took a picture of my front door and I wrote like something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like in your diary? Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that it was a very bittersweet kind of thing. Like, mm. although like moving on is exciting, but I'll yeah. miss like everything. But I wrote the this line that, that I know home will always be where my family is I think that gave me some kind of comfort in knowing that the people that formed the bulk of those memories yeah, I had there um, were still coming with me so like, like home isn't so much the physical mm, four walls yeah right like as mm. long as I had the people with me I yeah. would still like feel at home and everything yeah. yeah so that's my experience my one experience oh, how long did it take for homes? you to like uh, fully accept that you are here in your new home now and actually I don't think it took me that long because okay, like then. I said like as long as I had my family with me I didn't yeah. feel like I was really leaving leaving everything mm. behind it's like know? a realisation that like yeah. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't that difficult okay both of us have not only moved on from houses but mm-hmm. we've also moved somewhere across the world in some yes. sense away from family which is a little bit more difficult like you mentioned just now you were studying in the UK mm-hmm. for three years doing uni so yeah. how was that whole cool experience for you? Well, the best way to summarize this is to say that my entire UK journey for three years, it was like a dream. Not only in the sense of like a dream come true, like yes, it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely it was like one of the best years. I mean, the best years of my life and like, I really enjoyed myself a lot. Didn't really feel homesick that much and all that. But I think more than just being a dream come true, it was, it is literally a dream. Like it feels oh. like a dream. Like it didn't happen. Anymore. Yeah, it's a very strange feeling. I get, I get. I feel like unless you are in a similar position, you won't really... I mean, which I guess you mm-hmm. are. Um, you won't really understand what I'm trying to say. I know what you mean though. Like sometimes I also wonder like, wait, that period of my life happened. Yeah, like you know when I look back on my Instagram photos, I look back, or I even meet my friends like, on Zoom and all mm-hmm. that now. My, my, my brain can't right. compute. I know, because <laughs> the reality we know now, it's so... Yeah. It's so like now, in yeah. the now. Uh, so I came back every year when mm-hmm. I was there. So every, three, uh, every year I came back. Which I think that is why it made it more destabilizing. It was very disorienting. Mm. Like you don't feel like hundred, you don't feel like you belong hundred percent in yeah. Singapore when you're in. Yeah, neither do I feel like I belong hundred percent in UK because as much as I want to be a part of the UK experience and give my hundred percent to it, I'm always coming back. Yeah, you know so, that's temporal. Yeah, and I'm always coming back to Singapore. So like it's as though I'm holding on to the past, past IE Singapore, uh-huh. while I am meant to be fully immersed into UK. Right. So, which is what makes it destabilizing, okay. you know? I kind of get it. Yeah. Kind of get it. It's like you have changed and you come back to something that you know X amount of months ago. Yeah. But obviously things here have also changed and people have also grown right. at the same time. Yeah. So there's constantly a mismatch yeah. of sorts. Of my reality right. and what yes. I believe is reality mm. versus what I'm actually experiencing. So you have to constantly like adjust to your like, yeah. brain, get used to things yeah. all over again all the time. So I feel like I didn't have a home i feel like mm. i'm just in between spaces yeah like nomad you know just walking around <laughs> yeah, and like aimlessly yeah. so i feel like i think that was the biggest difficulty and challenge for me yeah. during the three years yeah and yourself do you feel any similar experiences when well you okay i wasn't overseas for as long as you i mean it was just like a couple mm-hmm. of months right but for context i was in the u.s for in 2020 before covid blew up i, I thank god every day that i got to experience that at least and you're meant to be there for 
for six, six months, but it got cut short because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Even though it wasn't super long, but I think it was long enough for me to experience life there as a local word and mm. long enough for me to go through the process of reconciling the differences in lifestyles and cultures mm. like in, in Singapore and in the mm. US. Is it very different? It's super different. Eh? So I, I remember like one of the things I really was very puzzled with was how they greet people because like people <laughs> greet each other yeah. with more just an, more more than just a hi or hello. Whenever you walk into the store or get into an Uber, you'll be like, Hi. They, they say, yes, they ask, how are you? And they expect an answer as well. Exactly, but the thing is, they don't actually care how are you most of the time, right. I think. Is it just like a, I'm good, how are you? Yeah. Kind of reply. Yeah, yeah, so most of the time, the staff is like, oh, hi, how are you? Then you'll be like, good, you? And they'll be say, then they'll say good, and that is That's the cool. end. Yeah, it, it took a while for me to get used yeah. to that. Yeah. And I, I was like, if you don't, actually want to find out how am I then don't ask me how I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's fair. but okay once again it's, it's just a different like, like greeting that yeah use, which is yeah. completely fine and I actually grew to like like it after mm-hmm. a while I get the dealing with the disorienting mm. feeling for me the change that I had to deal with the most was actually coming back because it was very sudden from the time that I knew I had to come back to when I was actually back they gave me like five days that I had to, oh okay so gosh. I was in, I was in Maryland but when they gave me the notice to come back, I was in Florida. So that meant so within five days, I had to come yeah. back from, I had to cancel all my plans in Florida, to fly back to Maryland, pack up all my stuff and get back on the like mm. next flight to Singapore. Yeah. Which was horrendous. Yeah, I um, can't imagine. Yeah, it, was, it was so sudden. Um, And while it was happening, I was in problem-solving mode, so I didn't yeah. actually process what was going on. Yeah. It was only when I came back during the, like, yeah, the, the two weeks of, yeah, during the two weeks of quarantine that I did the hotel room where I processed like, everything mm. and I realised that it affected me more than yeah, I realised it did. Because mm. it was more than just coming back because of a pandemic, but I think it was letting go and moving on from a, some sort of a dream and an ideal experience yeah. that I had envisioned for a very long time yeah especially for something like this where it's everyone's dream to go overseas for even a couple of months and i was enjoying my life there so much you know Mm -hmm. yeah so to have that cut short was very difficult for me Um, how do you deal though with like the loss and the because it's really like a loss and like loss not so much of like the opportunity but things like the lost dream if you will I think I, I took some time off from the responsibilities and commitments I had back home for a while mm. before I assimilated back in just to give myself space. Yeah. I wrote like a very long reflection <laughs> on like all my thoughts and everything. And I think that was one way of helping me deal with everything. And also like talking to people, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And obviously time. Yeah. The more I was back home, the more I got used to things. Everything correct, correct. So actually, I think in any form of loss, like everyone goes through these five stages of grief mm-hmm. things. Actually, like a, a, a proven thing. Yeah. yeah, so like the first stage is denial, where you are like, oh my gosh, this is happening to me. I don't <laughs> I want to go home, yeah. and that kind of thing. Second one is anger, like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm going home now. You know, yeah. Kind of thing. And then the third stage is bargaining, where you're like, huh, can I just like stay here for a little longer? Give me like five mm-hmm. more days. Then after you're done with that stage, you move on to sadness. You be like, okay, this is happening. I feel really sad that this is happening. Mm-hmm. And the last stage is acceptance, where you're like, okay this is happening right yeah. now and there is nothing I can do about it. Yeah. And I think for every form of loss or like every form of moving on, these stages, well, when I say it now, it's just like that. Yeah. But I think when you're actually experiencing the emotions, it's, it's much more profound. Maybe the steps aren't even in like chronological order yeah. and you may spend a long time on the first step. The rest of the step just zoom past like yeah. that. So I think everyone's experience in moving on is very different. Mm. But I feel like you need it though. Like I feel yeah. like you need each of these steps to fully be able to come to the last step, which is acceptance. Mm. If you were to push yourself and rush 
through any of these steps. I mean, yes, maybe at first you can like, you know, lie to yourself yeah. that like, yeah, like it's okay. But years down or months mm-hmm. down the road, you will feel it and it will come back. Yeah, like it will come back and bite you because yeah. you didn't process your yeah. emotions properly, right? So I feel like this yeah. entire process of grieving, going through these steps and taking the time to really understand right. your feelings yes. as you do something, it is very know, important. Yeah. So I guess that is our experience moving halfway across the world. Yeah. Highly recommend it for anyone after COVID. <laughs> If you can. But I feel like even with like physical spaces and like moving to a different country and like having different mm-hmm. environments, just wondering how is it for you like in terms of like changing communities and changing, mm. moving on from people in the US to the people and friends you have met or even if you've moved on from anyone here? Mm. Back there, I was very fortunate. So I attended a local church there mm-hmm. and they were the nicest, most accepting oh. like people around. Yeah. Like every week we got fast to and fro to church. It was, nice. it was the sweetest thing ever and I think the hard part was because I anticipated spending a lot more time with them getting to know them better and we made plans to like oh let's go okay like barbecue on this day next month but you know that date never came (laughs) but I'm glad because I I can still like keep in contact with them on via social media like likewise for you like you zoom your friends in the UK and all that but if we're talking about moving on from people, when most of us think about that, it's in the form of a breakup, mm. which both of us have experienced before. Yeah. So I can share a bit of my experience. Um, it happened last year, like after I came back from the US. It was a one and a half year relationship. And I think for the first year, things were okay. Although in hindsight, there were probably way too many fights <laughs> and disagreements. Yeah, for it to be not. Flags, no. Yeah, but yeah. I just didn't see it then. Mm. But I think the fights and everything really manifested when I went to the States. Mm. And we did How like, long were you in the LDR, States again? Like two, three months. Okay. I really felt him like drifting and kind yeah. of like out of it. I, I don't really want to go into the details of what happened because I want to focus on the lessons I learned from yeah, of course. that, like from then on. Mm-hmm. But basically after I came back and we could meet like face to face, I think that was, I didn't see him for like five months. So I asked him if he still wanted the relationship and he said no. Lah. So that was what happened. And it was really hard for me because at that point in time, the relationship meant a lot to me. Yeah, and because it was very sudden, I didn't expect him to say like, I don't want this anymore. Even with like fights and all that. Yeah, yeah. I, mm. Maybe I was just like, my brain was I guess clouded like the, the or something. Hope yeah, the hope. Trying and wanting mm-hmm. to try again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that we could still like work things out, but yeah. he didn't, which, which which is fine. But I was kind of in shock and it took a very long time for me to process. It mm. was a really long journey I took. But I think the most valuable lessons we learn in life are from experiences you wish never happened. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> uh I, I didn't take the breakup well. Yeah. I, I really physically couldn't like eat properly for almost a month and I lost yeah. so much weight that my friend in school couldn't recognize me from the back. Oh, no. I didn't realize that. And actually yeah. like I remember when I went to your place, your dad also commented that I lost weight and i think from then i learned many lessons but i'll just talk about a, a few here so the first lesson i learned was that your joy should like really come from within yourself i only realized this after the breakup because during that time in my mm. life when i was with him a lot of my happiness was derived from yeah. whether i felt loved by him or whether but, the relationship was doing well yeah. and when he decided to leave so that that big yeah. like bulk of yeah joy and it took a very long time for me to regain that part of myself and to rediscover what really makes me happy Mm. and it took a long time but I'm glad to say that I have never felt more like myself and just evolving to who I really want to be on my own which is great Mm -hmm. something that helped put things into perspective for me was this quote saying that about about breakups so Mm. you are a whole person before you met the person you broke up with (laughs) yeah 
And that means it's completely possible for you to exist fine on your own mm, without this person. Like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, before I met my ex, I, I was functioning fine on my own. Like, mm. I really didn't need anyone. Yeah. So It's just that during that time, then you slowly got yeah, to rely on it more. Correct, and correct. That. And the second thing I really learned was how important like people around you are. Mm. Like, I must say, I am blessed with the most amazing friends who mm. really rallied around me at my lowest. I'm very grateful that through a rather horrible experience those friendships grew stronger which is great yeah Yeah, for example they stayed over at my place just to keep me company because I I couldn't spend the night alone I I just I couldn't be alone with my thoughts and I really am very thankful for that Mm. and and even though some of them have heard me tell my story like time and time again But they've yeah. always been patient and to, and they've helped me like process my thoughts without any judgment. Yeah. Or, or even sometimes they'll just be like available to meet me when I when I show them out because having people around me at the time was very important. I couldn't be alone. So I think it's important to recognize like which friends are the ones who be around you at your lowest and really treasure yeah. them. I really never want to take those groups of friends mm. for granted and I would want to do the same for them also. The last lesson I want to talk about is that it's okay to seek and like mm. moving on and everything well all those like horrible emotions and feelings i was feeling originated from the breakup yeah it slowly like morphed into something darker and bigger mm. and there came a point in time where i knew i couldn't like handle it on my own mm. so what made me realize this was like one morning i woke up and then the first thing i did instinctively and reflexively was to cry and i just like felt oh, the no. tears rolling down my yeah. face then I had to like, wait, hold up, hold up. Why am I even crying? And this is yeah. not normal to re- cry reflexively. Yeah. So then I decided that, okay, I got to do something. I, I decided to go for therapy. And mm. it's honestly one of the best decisions I've made ever. Yeah. Because while friends are amazing listeners, I think not everyone, and sometimes they don't have the professional tools to help you get okay. through a tough time like a therapist does. Yeah. And I feel like people our age, and I know so many friends who mm. are... Um, you know, going to counselors, going to therapy, and it, I think it, what once used to be a taboo thing yeah. with maybe say like the older generation right. is now becoming more open mm-hmm. and more of a norm here, which I think is a very good step. Yeah, in terms of you know self care and in terms of like self development as mm-hmm. well, because we all need help Correct. in some way or another. <laughs> you know, I'm a strong advocate that everyone should like see a therapist if if you can. <laughs> like honestly, and even if you don't know that you have an issue, there will be an issue. So, and, and like you said, it's a taboo topic to like our, mm, maybe our parents. Yeah. And my parents don't know I go to therapy. So, Ooh. mom and dad, if you're well. listening to this, um, <laughs> please don't ask me about it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know to, I don't know how to tell you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Time to confess. <laughs> yeah, okay. I just didn't want to like worry them because yeah. it's, maybe it to is. them it's a very big thing. But yeah. I think to people our age, it's just like, no, it's just yeah. therapy. Like yeah. everyone goes for it, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And it does help when you mm-hmm. do feel that you've grown from it in some way or another. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, like I said, during therapy, I, I don't feel the need to be coherent. Because when you relay your story to your friends, you want them to understand, yeah. right? But I don't have that pressure with like my therapist. I used to go every week like because I really needed it yeah. all the time. But as I got better, it, was, it became once a month and now it's once every two months. Mm-hmm. So it's just like um, a mental health check and for me to externally process my thoughts and to get some perspective and insight on certain things I yeah. might be struggling with. Mm-hmm. I must say though, I was very fortunate to find a therapist that I liked on the first try because I do know friends that, right. that feel like the therapist they go to just isn't a match for them. And that's fine. I think it's important to find a therapist that you feel safe and comfortable mm. with 
and it's okay if it's not the first one you go to. If you're currently feeling like overwhelmed with anything, I really strongly encourage you to seek some form of help. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so yeah. those are the lessons I've learned from moving on from someone. It's It's been a really long journey, but I'm glad to say that I have moved on. Yay, yeah, that's great. I'm in a very good place now. How about you? Oh, uh, well, so... I haven't actually really talked about this, about mm. my past relationship very openly, just because we're all in the same group of friends and, like, you mm. know, everyone knows everything, everyone knows everyone. Singapore's a small world, <laughs> yeah. small place. Uh, so, this is definitely a first. So, what happened was we started really young. Mm. We started when we were 13, which is very, very, very young. Yeah. And I do not recommend it, <laughs> but. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, it started as a crash. Mm. Uh, you know, growing up, we were in the same church. We were doing music together. We were actually close friends. And we're still good friends now. Mm. And I think we ended it around 17 or 18. That's a long time, 13 to Yeah, so that's like eight. four or five Whoa. years. So it was a really, really long time. I mean, not the entire thing was official. Mm. Like, I was like, you know, like, I like you, you like me. Yeah, and then, go and then after a while, <laughs> like, just people knew about it. Mm. And like, it just kind of grew from there. I'm very, very thankful that uh, for the guy and I, we are still friends and we still uh, catch up every once in a while mm. with text. He knows my fiancé, I know his girlfriend. So it's all pretty nice. We've kept it very... we civil. Very civil, <laughs> yes. And we, I mean, maybe better than civil, yeah. actually. Like, we still hang out with other friends in the clique mm. and all that. So it's still good. But I think, like, there is some form of guilt oh. that sometimes still lingers in a very strange mm. way, at least for me. Mm. Yeah, I feel like definitely looking back, I mean, for one, starting so young is definitely not the best. <laughs> but we all learn, right? Yeah, we all learn. <laughs> learn by doing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, the good part is because we were so young, I was still trying to figure out who I am. Mm-hmm. I was still trying to like figure out who I was, uh, what I wanted. And I think that's why at the time, yeah, like he seems like a great mm-hmm. person. And he, he is really nice. He is really sweet, even um, now. But I think as the years gone by, because it's still the formative years of, even for myself and also for him, I think soon enough, you know, there were more fights and more arguments. There were more things that we realized that we may not be as so-called compatible. compatible. Uh-huh. Yeah, just in terms of like personality, in terms of the way we see things, mm. the way we do things. And I think that's completely fine. Yeah, but I think because of this entire process, I feel like I've grown myself. Mm. Yeah, like it sped up the process of me trying to figure out myself and what I want to do in life. Through the through this uh no through, through this the relationship. being together. Yeah. Okay. During through this being together over the formative years mm-hmm. of my life. Yeah, which I think is great. It definitely shaped me, it definitely formed me to who I am today. And I think mm. I think the thing about people coming into your life and people going is that whether you like it or not, they are going to change you. Mm. There is no way someone can come into your life and like mm. not change you. That's so true. Uh, whether it's negative or whether it's positive. I mean, in my case, I, it's more positive than negative. But I think there's no way you can meet mm. someone and not be changed. It's like, you know how girls, when you spend time together, somehow your menstrual cycles get synced? It's um, like- that is debatable, <laughs> but okay, okay, I get your bro point. Bro science, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I mean. Like the more time you spend with whether it's a guy whether it's um, a significant other whether it's your other girlfriends that you change alongside as you journey on with someone Mm -hmm. yeah Um, so why I feel guilt and why I feel like it's still some form of grieving I think it's because I mean for one we can't go back to the same friendship that we used to have when we were younger and I think like sometimes I miss the friendship Mm. yeah like I miss just having this friendship that I used to you know grow up with so I think for me it's just trying to maneuver mm. between all these decisions and also knowing that yeah it's the i think the hardest part in moving on is deciding 
that it's time to move on. When do you stop oh, yeah. trying? Because I mean, we did try, but we still fought. Mm. So we know that at the time, it was the best thing to do. Mm. Yeah, but uh, in any decision, any moving on process, when is the best time to move on? And the uncertainty of what mm. comes after, whether or not you move on or whether you stay. Right. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thought that I have mm. about all of this. So, so was it difficult for you to move on from that relationship? Uh, I mean, like, it was a long time coming. Oh, <laughs> I think okay. in the, the last few years, obviously, we knew that we just kept trying, right? Mm. Like, we just kept trying, no, 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 we are comfortable with each other, like, let's just stay. But I think, at least on my part, I know that we are not compatible. We, we'll be better off with someone else. Mm-hmm. We'll be better off, like, separately. But I think why I hung on until 18 or 17, 18 was, I think, just me trying to make it work. Right. Yeah, and I think that's it's a very interesting feeling and thought now just looking back. Like, I guess in some way, you can always try harder. We could have made it work. Uh-huh. But I think it's just when do you when do you step out of this and know that, okay, it is time to move on. Yeah. Yeah, and no one can tell you when it's time. There is no like, okay, after five years, okay, that's time. Mm. You know, like you just have to decide what you think is best for yourself at that point of time. Yeah. Mm. And on that point, I think in order to know when to move on, self-awareness is super That's important. True. Like, a yeah. lot of times we don't think about the thoughts that we have. Yeah, we live life on autopilot mode, which is kind of dangerous mm. actually, because yeah, then you're just you're going, so comfortable, with comfortable, going with the flow. Then one day, if you when you, you wake up and just realize that you're not living the life that, that you really mean, want mm-hmm. to live, it's true. Yeah, and I think which which is why I'm so glad for therapies because it taught me how to be mindful of my thoughts and mm. how to be mindful in my daily actions and my decisions. Yeah. And I guess to some extent, only you know. No yeah. one can tell you. I mean, yeah. I guess your friends and your family can see what whatever is, the effects of whatever is happening. But like only you know what you need. Yeah. You like I feel like in all these situations, whether it's like, you know, moving houses, moving uh, countries mm. from friends or even like from our breakups, mm-hmm. we know that where we are now is where we're meant to be. Yeah. And we've grown so much. Mm. Even though obviously it sucks. Mm-hmm. being in it and however long that process of you know yeah. being in it and like trying to move on it sucks it hurts but i think once you are out of this journey and once you're on a higher place in a sense you look back knowing that you've grown and that you are where you're meant to be yeah, yeah. and i guess we always have an angle in mind something that we want to achieve with our lives or like this season in time but sometimes it just doesn't work out the way we expect it to be like for example this person just yeah turns out to it's not be not the one for you, you or like yeah or like and it's totally okay yeah yeah, yeah. or this yeah. job is just not not it for you at this season but i think that doesn't mean that we are not headed in the same direction as we were originally yeah we we are still like headed towards our goal it's just not the best way you thought it yeah. would be and it's, and it's fine yeah. you know to take a detour you still yeah. end up in the same place yeah, that's yeah. true. And I guess it's a whole idea of like how we are always on journeys. Mm-hmm. You're always moving. We are never stagnant. I think once we're stagnant, once you stop moving, that means that we stop growing. Yeah. And I think that's a far off worse place to be mm-hmm. compared to like, you know, taking a detour. Because yeah. I, I guess even when you're taking a detour, you're still growing. You can still trust that you're learning and mm-hmm. still growing. I guess more of the story is just to never stop and to be comfortable with constant change. Yeah, to com- be comfortable with moving on, I guess. Mm-hmm. And to be comfortable with the loss and the grief right. and the feelings that come with it, however difficult yeah. it is. And I guess that being said, moving on isn't always bad. Like, I mean, without moving on, I won't be where I am, yeah. you know? And it's not always sad also, I guess. Like, you can be moving on to a newer and more exciting yeah. season in life. Yeah, I guess we'll just never stop moving on. Yeah. Our life is just a whole entire series of moving on, yeah. moving on, moving on. And like, and like in anything... In everything that you move on from, 
it builds a part of you yeah and it imprints something within you that you can then take forward and continue growing and you can then take forward and continue on your journey as well there is no experience or there is no person that you meet that is for nothing yeah I think it's a very nice thing to think about I guess like it's a very like oh you know that you know nothing's wasted no opportunity no mm. time no season no chapter of your life is wasted you can look back being content of the growth when you look back at everything yeah I think that's a really nice conclusion to whatever yeah. we've had to talk about today about moving on we hope you've learned a little something from our own experiences and if you liked what you heard today be sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us from and be part of our bigger community on Instagram you can find us at A-L-E-S-C-E underscore C-O we love to hear your stories or questions that you have so be sure to DM us or oh, even your stories about moving on actually oh, yes, we, we, love, we to. love to hear that I, I, I'm so interested in hearing like everything you may also join our Telegram channel at A-L-E-S-C-E where we hope to talk about these things in more detail we've actually had like a couple of conversations yeah. there already yeah. right? so the more the merrier the more the merrier come join us <laughs> and in our next episode we have a special guest that we've got mm. we've just met her for the first time over zoom and we're very excited mm. in our preparation Yay! for the episode so it's going to be a very good one just keep your eyes peeled for that which is coming up in a couple of weeks time and be sure to follow us on spotify to be the first to know when our next episode gets released Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We hope that we have encouraged you if you're on this journey of moving on, if you're on this journey of grief or loss, and just know that you're not alone. Mm. And every it's something that everyone is going through, and we are here for you. Yeah. Once again, I'm Nat. I'm Joy. And we will see you again next time on Coalesce, the podcast. Bye! Bye.